The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is the free version of the Music History Today Weekly Edition podcast number 199. This week, we go over the news and charts, and we make the case for putting Tina Turner and Carol King into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's get some podcast business out of the way before we begin. As of now, I am doing both free and paid podcasts. As for the free podcast that you will still find on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to me on, I will still be doing the daily Music History Today for whatever date podcast. I will also be doing a free version of the weekly edition and the EDM podcast. Now for the paid part. I've started a Patreon page where I have a couple of tiers at the moment. Tier 1 gives you the Music History Today daily podcast, the full version of the weekly edition podcast, and the full version of the EDM podcast, along with a minimum of four extra podcasts per month. Those podcasts, on that tier at least, will be the top albums podcast, the top singles podcast, and the top dance songs podcast with the Music Halls of Fame podcast moving into this tier and will actually now only be a monthly podcast. That tier will cost you $5 per month. There may also be another special podcast added on that tier. It all depends on the month, but those four podcasts are guaranteed each month. That's a minimum of 10 podcasts a week, plus two podcasts dropping every Monday through Wednesday. For Tier 2, you will get the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the Weekly Edition podcast, and the full versions of the EDM podcast, along with all of the paid podcasts on Tier 1, along with a minimum of at least four additional podcasts per month. That tier is $10 per month. The additional podcasts on that tier are the Top Dance Songs by Decade podcast, the Award Show History podcast, and the Music and Concert Venues podcast. I'm also adding another monthly podcast to that tier called Music's WTF Moments podcast, where I look at some of the most controversial, sad, or strange moments in music history. The Music History Today In-Depth podcast will be added for this tier as well and will still be a weekly podcast. And much like Tier 1, it all depends on the month, but those four podcasts are guaranteed each month for Tier 2 only. And I will probably add another podcast or two to that tier as well. So for that tier, there is a minimum of 12 podcasts a week with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Friday for most weeks. And if you like the history of music and want to support my love of bringing it to you, then please, please join my Patreon page. The link is in the show notes. 
the free podcasts are also on my YouTube page now. Just search Music History Today on YouTube or go to the link in the show notes below. Like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you'll always know when the new videos come out. I also put extra podcast videos on there. Not the full paid podcast, but small segments and topics. So check out the YouTube page for some extra goodies. Now, on to the news, and there is a lot to get to this week because it's award season which means that everybody's doing their nominations. So, for starters, the Academy of Country Music announced its nominees for the April 18th awards. Morgan Whalen was deemed ineligible, or ineligible, I should say, for the awards as punishment for him saying the N-word a few weeks ago. So, instead of him being on here, which, let's be honest, he deserves to be in his punishment, might be a little bit too much of the cancel culture thing. Just my statement. That's all I'm saying. In any event, for Entertainer of the Year, the nominees are Luke Bryan, Eric Church, Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, and Chris Stapleton. Please note that there are no women on this list, by the way. Another faux pas by the Academy of Country Music. Don't know where their heads are at, but anyway. Female Artist of the Year, Kelsey Ballerini, Miranda Lambert, Ashley McBride, Maren Morris, and Carly Pierce. Male Artist of the Year, Dirks Bentley, Luke Combs, Eric Church, Thomas Rhett, Chris Stapleton. Duo of the Year, Brooks and Dunn, Brothers Osborne, Dan and Shay, Florida Georgia Line, Maddie and Tay. Group of the Year, Lady A, Little Big Town, Old Dominion, the Cadillac 3, and the Highwaymen, or High Women, I should say. Every time I see that, I still think of the, the old legendary group, the Highwaymen. Anyway, new female artist of the year, Ingrid Andres, Tennille Arts, Gabby Barrett, who should have gotten an Entertainer of the Year award, just saying, Mickey Guyton, and Kaylee Hammock. Best New Male Artist of the Year. Jimmy Allen, Travis Denning, Hardy, Cody Johnson, Parker McCollum. Album of the Year. Born Here, Live Here, Die Here by Luke Bryan. Mixtape Volume 1 by Kane Brown. Never Will by Ashley McBride. Skeletons by Brothers Osborne, Starting Over by Chris Stapleton, Single of the Year, Bluebird by Miranda Lambert, I Hope by Gabby Barrett, which should actually be the Single of the Year, just saying. I Hope You're Happy Now by Carly Pierce and Lee Bryce, More Hearts Than Mine, Ingrid Andres, and Marin Maris's The Bone, which could also go for Single of the Year, either or, I'm happy with either. Song of the Year... Bluebird by Miranda Lambert, One Night Standards by Ashley McBride, Some People Do by Old Dominion, Starting Over by Chris Stapleton, and Marin Morris's The Bones. Video of the Year, Marin Morris, Better Than We Found It, Bluebird by Miranda Lambert, Dirks Bentley with Gone, Carrie Underwood and John Legend with Hallelujah, and Worldwide Beautiful from Kane Brown. There are others. You can check out their list. Just Google the uh, 
Academy of Country Music Awards website, or just basically search it. There's a bunch more. Moving on, since there are a lot of award nominees to get to this week, the Music Supervisors Guild Award nominations came out. I will also give you only a few of these as well. Their award show is April 11th. You can search out the Music Supervisors Guild Award on Google or wherever in case you want to see all of them. But for Best Music Supervision for a Film Budgeted Over $25 Million, the nominees are Bill and Ted Face the Music, Eurovision, Jingle Jangle, Soul, and Trolls World Tour for any film budgeted under $25 million. Happiest Season, The High Note, I'm Your Woman, I Still Believe, and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Films budgeted under $10 million, the half of it, Military Wives, Palm Springs, Promising Young Woman. And films budgeted under $5 million, Baby Teeth, Burden, The Cuban, and I'm No Longer Here, Ya no estoy aquí. Oh, and also Yellow Rose. Best song written and or recorded for a film. Turntables from All In, The Fight for Democracy. That's the um, Stacey Abrams song. Performed, or movie, I should say, that's on Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken. That one was performed by Janelle Monet. Love Myself from The High Notes, performed by Tracy Ellis Ross. Make It Work from Jingle Jangle, performed by Forrest Whitaker and Anika Noni Rose. Who knew Forrest Whitaker could sing? Carried Me With You from Onward, performed by Brandy Carlisle. And Hear My Voice from The Trial of the Chicago 7, performed by Celeste. Best Music Supervision for a Documentary, Belushi, Crip Camp, A Few Rounds with Shane McGowan, Jimmy Carter, Rock and Roll President, and Mr. Soul. I will give you a couple of the television categories. Uh, for television, music, musical, or comedy, Daybreak, Season 1, High Fidelity, Season 1, Insecure, Season 4, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Season 3, and Sex Education, Season 2. For... Now, let's skip reality TV. Let's go with TV movie, which is Patsy and Loretta, The Sleepover, Stargirl, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You. Uh, Best song written and recorded for television, Build It Up, by Ingrid Michelson from Little Fires Everywhere. Memorized by Blake Stadnick, I should say, from This Is Us. One Less Angel by Darius DeHaas from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The Way It Used to Be by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for The Watchmen, and Fiona Apple with The Whole of the Moon from the TV show The Affair. There are also trailers and also uh, commercials, but there is one other that we could get into real quick, which is one of my favorite categories, Best Music Supervision in a Video Game. And if you haven't realized by now, video games have great music. For instance, the nominees this year, Beyond Blue, Cyberpunk 2077, FIFA 21, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, and Wasteland Number 3. 
In other awards news, the Brit and Mercury Prize Awards have been altered, at least their rules have, so that music artists who have lived in Great Britain for five years now will now be eligible for those awards. Sort of an expat plus five years type of thing. The Golden Globe Awards will have been handed out by the time you hear this, and since I'm recording this podcast before the awards were announced, uh, we'll go over the music category winners next week. In other news, non-awards related, LVMH, that would be the very successful corporation that has a ton of luxury brands with it, their Moet or Moet Hennessy brand has bought a 50% stake in Jay-Z's champagne brand known as Armand de Briand. No, I don't drink that stuff. Anyway, Viacom announced that the MTV and VH1 shows Behind the Music, Yo! MTV Raps, and Unplugged will be back. And on the new Paramount Plus streaming service that is starting up in the spring. Just for the record, Paramount Plus is a revamping of the CBS All Access streaming service. Yes, you will still get all the CBS All Access stuff like all the Star Treks, but they're adding a bunch more. And they apparently are on a nostalgia kick. Boris Johnson announced that in Great Britain... Indoor performances should open up by the end of May. Nightclubs should be able to reopen by June 21st. That is, of course, provided that current COVID trends continue downward. To that end, though, Josh Groban has pushed his residency at the Radio City Music Hall in New York City to April of 2022. He had wanted to finish off the three shows from his 2020 residency in a couple of months in April. However... Even though the venue will be open, it is still only going to be at about 25% capacity, maybe 50% by April. He wanted it at 100%. That's not going to happen until probably May or June. So he pushed off his, uh, his residency until next April when the before times will hopefully be back. Hopefully. Tom York announced that his 2021 tour dates have been pushed off, at least for now. Taylor Swift, however, has just outright canceled her 2021 tour. Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama have a new podcast series on Spotify where they talk to each other about life and other things. And it is, despite what some political people are saying, it's actually a good podcast. You should go check it out. That is my one recommendation for the week. Spotify announced that it is moving into 80 different markets in Asia, Africa, and the Caribbean. In not-so-good news, Exhibit and his wife have filed for divorce after six years of marriage. Rapper Bobby Shmurda was released from prison after serving six years on charges, including gun possession, conspiracy, and reckless endangerment. A male suspect shot Lady Gaga's assistant and dog walker and stole two of Lady Gaga's French bulldogs. Her assistant is expected to recover from the shooting. The dogs were dropped off at a local police station a couple days later. The investigation continues into the shooting and kidnapping. 
Four people have been sentenced to prison over a stage collapse in 2009 at the Velodrome Stadium in Marseille, France, before a Madonna concert. The stage collapse killed two people and injured eight others. All four people were given suspended sentences and fined on charges of manslaughter and involuntary damages. Uh, Live Nation France, who owned the stadium, was ordered to pay a fine. Tricia Yearwood has tested positive for COVID-19. Her husband, Garth Brooks, has so far tested negative. There are a few passings to talk about this week. The first, though, is a passing of sorts, we'll say. Rest in peace to Daft Punk. After 28 years, the legendary, influential, groundbreaking duo who won the 2013 Grammy for Best Album for Random Access Memories have officially broken up. No word on future projects by themselves as of yet, but we will keep you posted, and I'm sure there's going to be a reunion concert tour something probably in about five to ten years. Maybe they're just taking a break, kind of like Swedish House Mafia, you might say. There are some other very legit rest in pieces to talk about, though. For instance, rest in peace to Eric Zawinol. Eric, who was the son of jazz musician Joe Zawinol of Weather Report, was an Austrian promoter who started his career as a tour manager for reggae legend Jimmy Cliff before starting the artist marketing company. Throughout his 25-year career, Eric promoted shows for Carlos Santana, Brian Adams, Aerosmith, among many, many others. Eric was also a brand manager for tequila company Padre Azul. Eric passed away from COVID-19. Eric Zawinol was 55 years old. Rest in peace to Sean Kennedy. Sean was the basis for the Australian metalcore bands I Killed the Prom Queen and Dee's Nuts. Sean's cause of death was not announced. Sean Kennedy was 35. Let us end this, though, on some good notes. First off, congratulations to Ellie Goulding, who is expecting her first child. Congratulations. That is big. And also congratulations go out to singer-actress Mandy Moore, who gave birth to her first child. And also congratulations to Catherine McVie, who gave birth to her first child. Catherine's husband, by the way, is mega-producer David Foster. Congratulations to all. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced its list of 15 nominees for consideration for induction into the hall recently. The nominees this year are Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, The Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, Carol King, Fela Kuti, LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, 
Tina Turner and Dionne Warwick. Now, every year, the Rock Hall has a fan vote, which normally goes a long way in determining who gets into the hall. You can, of course, go to rockhall.com to vote. You can vote once a day for five artists, and I will let you know, as usual, that while I am spreading out my votes between the artists, I am definitely voting more than a few times for a few of the ones who I really want to see inducted this year. The way the fan vote usually works is this. The winner of the fan vote gets in. It's worked out that way almost every year since they started the fan vote. In fact, with the exception of four times since they started the fan vote, the top three vote-getters were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Last year, though, it didn't quite work out that way as fan favorites, the Dave Matthews Band and Pat Benatar, both didn't get in, even though they were top three in vote-getting. But Notorious B.I.G. and T-Rex got in, even though they were at the bottom third of voting. Every week for the next eight weeks, we're going to make the case for you to vote for two artists. This week, I'm going to make the case for putting two women into the hall, even though they're already in for other things. First, Let's talk about putting Tina Turner into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist. Tina is already in the hall as part of the duo Ike and Tina Turner. Let us look at her solo work, though, and make the case for her to be a two-time inductee. To the tail of the tape we go. Tina released nine studio albums. The first four, released in the 1970s, didn't do all that well. The only one of those to chart was 1975's Acid Queen, which went to number 155 on the Billboard Albums chart. Her last five albums, though, are a completely different story. Of those five, only 1996's Wildest Dreams missed the top 40, peaking at number 61. The Private Dancer album hit number 3, Break Every Rule hit number 4, Foreign Affair hit number 31, and 24-7, which was her last official studio album in 1999, hit number 21. She also released two chart-topping soundtrack albums. 1985's Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome hit number 41, and 1993's biopic soundtrack What's Love Got to Do With It hit number 17. Two compilation albums also did extremely well. Worldwide, Tina is one of the biggest-selling solo artists of all time, having sold over 100 million albums. Singles-wise, it was basically the same story. From her first four studio albums in the 1970s, only three songs managed to chart, and they were all from the Acid Queen album. Of those, only Baby Get It On made the Billboard singles chart, and it hit number 80. Starting with the Private Dancer album, Jackpot. Out of the 18 singles that hit the Billboard singles chart, only four missed the top 40. Six hit the top 10. Of those six, What's Love Got to Do With It hit number one. We Don't Need Another Hero from the Mad Max soundtrack and Typical Male hit number two, Better Be Good to Me, hit number five, Private Dancer, hit number seven, and I Don't Want to Fight No More from the What's Love Got to Do With It soundtrack, hit number nine. 
Tina's stage shows are legendary. Her three-hour high-energy shows, all done in heels, no less, match only Bruce Springsteen's in terms of performances. Rolling Stone named her the 63rd greatest artist and the 17th greatest singer of all time. Tina was also the first black artist to be on Rolling Stone magazine's cover. She's been nominated for 25 Grammy Awards, winning eight. She has a Grammy Special Achievement Award. The song What's Love Got to Do With It was inducted into the Grammy Museum Hall of Fame in 2012. And as far as who she's influenced, either by her music or just her emotional story of survival of industry pressure and spousal abuse at the hands of Ike Turner, well, you can start with the most obvious one, Beyonce, and then work from there. She also has her own museum, the West Tennessee Delta Heritage Center slash Tina Turner Museum in Brownsville, Tennessee. She is known as the queen of rock and roll, and yet she is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist. As of yet, but you, this year, can do something about that. Because she absolutely deserves to be inducted as a solo artist. Now, let's talk about Carole King for a minute. Carol has been around since the 1960s. She made a name for herself writing hit songs like You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. And yes, she's already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a songwriter. However, why isn't she in the hall for her recording career? Because there are plenty of acts that are in the hall more than once. Hell, Eric Clapton's in a few times. Michael Jackson's in twice. Same with all four of the Beatles. So why can't Carol? For starters, her first official solo album was Tapestry, for a long time the biggest selling album ever by a female artist. That album by itself is considered a masterpiece, having won album, song, and record of the year in 1972. And if you listen to my Top Albums podcast, if you are on Patreon, and why aren't you? Here is a spoiler alert. Tapestry is number 36 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Albums of All Time list as of 2012. Rhymes and Reasons, Fantasy, and Wraparound Joy, three other albums you should really deep dive into, all did very well and also had award-winning hit singles like Jazzman, for instance. Face it, Carole King can just write a good song. Now, If you really want to get your feet wet with her, then go with her Greatest Hits album. It's called Her Greatest Hits Songs of Long Ago. Or just pick out any compilation album from 1994 onward. If you want a deep dive, then I would get the albums I already mentioned, but search out other albums of people like Aretha Franklin and others who have covered her songs. You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, for instance, being one of them. For having made one of the greatest albums ever recorded, along with a recording career that goes well beyond her songwriting career, Carole King should absolutely be inducted as a performing artist into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now remember, you can go to rockhall.com to vote for who you think should get in. You can vote once a day. I will tell you at the moment that, as of right now, the standings, well, the Fela Kuti Brigade 
or bots, not sure which at this point, have gotten him to number one. But catching up extraordinarily fast is the Tina Turner Brigade, who are at number two and are literally only about 6,000 votes behind Fela Kuti. Expect Tina to be number one by next week. However, also coming up hot on the heels are the Foo Fighters. They are currently third. Iron Maiden is fourth. The Go-Go's are fifth. Carol King is sixth. Rage Against the Machine is seventh. Todd Rundgren is eighth. Dion Warwick is ninth. Devo is tenth. Shaka Khan is eleventh. Mary J. Blige is twelfth. Kate Bush is thirteenth. The New York Dolls are fourteenth. LL Cool J is fifteenth. And Jay-Z is sixteenth. That's as of right now. Total votes as of this very second, 1,601,512. But you still have a good five or six weeks left. So vote once a day and, you know, go for who you love. I already know who I want. No, I'm not saying. Next week, we make the case for two more bands to be inducted, the Go-Go's and Iron Maiden. Although one of those bands really does not want to be inducted. It is time to check out the charts for the past week. Let us start, as always, with the big one, the one everybody wants to get on, Billboard. Top album is, for yet another week, Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Top single, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. Top artist, Taylor Swift. Top social media artist for the umpteenth week in a row, literally, BTS. Top streaming song, Lil TJ and Slack with Calling My Phone. Top digital sales song is Taylor Swift's Love Story, Taylor's version. Top sales album is The Pretty Reckless, Death by Rock and Roll. The top current sales album, also The Pretty Reckless, Death by Rock and Roll. Queen's Greatest Hits is the top catalog sales album. Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tour del Mundo is the top independent album, and the Foo Fighters' Medicine at Midnight is the top vinyl album. The top adult contemporary song for the week is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. On the country chart, the top country album is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Taylor Swift's Love Story, Taylor's version, is the top country song, the top country streaming song, and the top country digital sales song. On the rock charts, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood spends another week at number one. Machine Gun Kelly's Tickets to My Downfall is the top rock album. The top rock streaming song is Machine Gun Kelly and Black Bear's My Ex's Best Friend. Oh, and the 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior song is the top rock song. I think I forgot to say that. The top Rock digital sales song, though, is Nathaniel Ratcliffe with Redemption. 
Queen's Greatest Hits spends another week as the top hard rock album. Top hard rock song is the Foo Fighters Waiting on a War. Top hard rock streaming song is Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. And the top hard rock digital sales song is Falling in Reverse. I'm not a vampire revamped. Kind of like that. Nice play on words. On the alternative charts, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood is the top alternative song, top alternative streaming song, and top alternative digital sales song. Taylor Swift's Evermore, top alternative album. On the rap charts, top rap song is Lil TJ and Slacks Calling My Phone. Top rap album, Lil Dirk with The Voice. Top rap streaming song is Lil TJ and Slacks Calling My Phone. Top rap digital sales song, though, is Cardi B with Up. On the R&B chart, it's all weekend, all the time, except for one. Top R&B song and top R&B streaming song is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Top R&B album is The Weeknd's The Highlights. However, he does not own the top digital sales song. That would be Andra Day with Rise Up. Globally, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License is still the number one song with or without the United States' numbers. On the Latin charts, Bad Bunny rules them all. Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez's Dakiti is the top Latin song, top Latin streaming song, top Latin digital sales song. Meanwhile, his El Ultimo Tu del Mundo is the top Latin album. On the Latin pop albums chart, though, that still belongs to Selena with the album Ones. In Canada, top Canadian song is Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone. Top Canadian album is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. Top Canadian digital sales song is The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Top Canadian adult contemporary song is Ed Sheeran's Afterglow. Top Canadian country song, Luke Bryan, Down to One. And top Canadian rock song is Royal Blood with Troubles Coming. Top South Korean song, i.e. top K-pop song in South Korea, that would be IU with Celebrity for another week. In the UK, top UK song is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. Top UK album is Slow Tie with Tyrone. Meanwhile, top UK digital sales song and top Euro digital sales song for another week and also top German song is Nathan Evans' Wellerman. Top German album is Schiller with Summer in Berlin. Top French digital sales song is M. Pokoro, Pokora, I should say, with C. On Dessin. Top Spanish digital sales song is Pablo Albaran with Prometo. And that's more than likely due to the fact that he's in jail for insulting the Spanish monarchy, which is something they do not like. However, it has also led to a bunch of protests, very violent ones, still going on to this day, I might add. In Australia, the top album is the Rubens 0202, 
And Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license is the top Australian digital sales song. As always, the EDM charts are covered on the EDM podcast, which drops every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. For those of you in other time zones, that would be 4 a.m. in Chicago, 2 a.m. in L.A., 5 or actually 10 a.m. in London, 11 a.m. in Paris and Alicante, Spain, and as always, high noon in Moscow. As far as other charts go, on the Apple charts, the Architects with For Those That Wish to Exist is the number one album this week. Number one single is Ellie King and Miranda Lambert with Drunk and I Don't Want to Go Home. On the Spotify charts, things have changed a little. Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License is still the top global streaming song. However, in America and the UK, I should say, the top streaming song is Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone. On the YouTube charts, things have changed and they've also stayed the same a little. For instance, in America, top song is now Pooh Shiesty and Lil Durk's Back in Blood. That also happens to be the top music video. In the UK, Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone is the top song, but the top music video is Central C with Commitment Issues. Globally, though, well, it's all the same, and it's all, well, Bollywood, as it were. Top song, Renuka Panwar and MJ with 52 Gaj Ka Daman. Meanwhile, top music video is Honey Singh and Neha Kakar with Sayan Ji. Bollywood, huge globally. Who knew? I'm thinking that's probably like the next K-pop to capture the U.S. market. Let us continue. HitsDailyDouble.com top album for, I believe, the sixth straight week is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album. On the song revenue chart, though, things have changed. Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone is the number one song with 168065 U.S. dollars with weekly sales revenue of 2758 on 3031 units sold, streaming revenue of $165,307 on 29,704,759 streams. As always, six-tenths of a penny per stream. Buy your music, people. Stop with the streaming. Just buy your music. Support the artist. Anyway, off soapbox. Last week's number one, by the way, if you want to compare, Cardi B's Up made 156000 However, her sales revenue was huge. It was $39,000 as opposed to Lil TJ's $2,000. But she didn't make all that much compared to him when it came to revenue in the streaming part. So her fans support her music and actually buy the music, which is good. Shazam's top U.S. single is Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license. Top U.K. single has changed. It is Kate Nash with Nicest Thing. BBC One Radio's top single is The Kid Leroy's Without You. BBC Two 
Radio's top single is Marisha Wallace with Faith. On the Rolling Stone magazine charts, Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone is the top song with 15.7 million streams. Morgan Whalen's Dangerous the Double Album is the top album. Morgan Whalen is the top streamed artist for the week with 84.5 million streams. Top trending song is Lil TJ and Slack's Calling My Phone. And this week, you will get new releases from, among others, A Day to Remember, Alex Bleeker, Arab Strap, Barbarossa, Bernice, Elizabeth and the Caput, or Catapult, I should say. Read that way too fast. It's Elizabeth and the Catapult, Fruit Bats, Guy Blakesley, Ian Daniel Cahoe, Ian Sweet, Jane Weaver, Jay Gonzalez, Kings of Leon, that should be good, Post Data, Teenage Fan Club, really looking forward to hearing that Kings of Leon one. It's been a while for them. In any event, that is it for the Music History Today Weekly Edition podcast number 199. Next week will be number 200. No, we're not really doing anything special for it, but it's a nice milestone to hit. Thank you very, very much for listening. Audio engineering and editing, video editing, writing, narration, basically everything having to do with this podcast is done by yours truly. You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com. Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, etc., all under Music History Today. If you would like to support this podcast, our Patreon can be found at patreon.com backslash Music History Today. We are also on Twitter at Music History Day. And you can now find us on YouTube. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell anytime you want to know exactly what videos are dropped and when. All of those links can be found in the show notes below. Thank you very, very much for listening.